Hey, welcome to podcast number five, which we're, we're going to be exploring how do you control, choose your attitude? And I'm here with Tim, my co-author. Tim, why is this important? Okay, so I remember when we were kind of researching the book, looking at, you know, what are the biggest stresses? And it took us quite a while to sort of get this one. But uh, when we got it, we're like, of course. And uh, not just our opinion, but a lot of uh, research into this one. According to psychologists, the single biggest stressor we can face is a lack of control or a perceived lack of control. Mm. And uh, it is at the heart or it's at the foundation of a lot of mental disorders, uh, most of our anxiety. Uh, it really is almost like a bedrock of problems if you have a perceived lack of control and it's a bit out of hand. So it's a big one. That's one. Mm, I've sense. got some research. Tell me when you want it, but I've got some research on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Give us well, the... I mean, what I'm really liking about the podcast is it's forcing us to really dig out the research behind this too in preparation. So um, when this first came to sort of prominence was a guy called Robert Karasek, who in the late oh. 70s, in 1979, he found, he, he researched, he was a researcher, and he found out that workers whose jobs rated high in demands yet low in employee control, uh, reported significantly more exhaustion after work, trouble waking in the morning, depression, nervousness, anxiety, and insomnia, as well as disturbed sleep than the other wow. workers. While workers facing high demands actually had more control and their stress was lower. Now, this really was a major insight into occupational health. Now, it was backed up by uh, some researchers, Mirowski and Ross, in 1991, who in the Social Psychology Quarterly in the US published a fairly groundbreaking piece of research, which is this whole concept of perceived control seems to drive depression and anxiety. It just mm -hmm. drives it. It's the main driver. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll put those in the podcast notes. You can see their research there. But underneath it all is some quite frightening statistics now, which is, According to the American Psychiatric Association, one in three of us will suffer from anxiety-related disorders at any time in our lifetime. Mm. But also, it's significantly more higher for females than for males. I think that's quite interesting here, significantly higher. Mm. So it's a, it's a problem that affects, affects a lot of people, and that's not just in the US. Right now, you know, as of recording today, we're going into lockdowns again here in Scandinavia. It's a real sense of not having much control over now my life uh when it comes to stuff so we i think societies we're feeling this lack of control again as victims of what's happening with this uh this pandemic so you know a lack of control what that means going back to home working going back to kind of what we're having you know that all the sacrifice we had to make is is a big problem probably right now is is reminding people how little control they do have over things such as the pandemic uh, well, certainly, Tim, we're, we're seeing, I mean, we have seen over the last few months, a lot of protests from people around the world at the levels of government control over their choices. So you're seeing that is one way of dealing with it, protesting. But I'm sure you're going to tell us and share with us some, some ways that are hopefully more accessible and don't involve getting locked up. Yeah, well, look, one of, one of my big... Uh, influences certainly when it comes to mental health uh, is Viktor Frankl and I've always been very impacted by what he did and 
For those of you who've never heard of Viktor Frankl, he he pioneered logotherapy, which is mm. really you know the reason why, <laughs> looking at why that's important, and at its essence is the choice of response. And what he found is that you know you can choose to respond to anything, and when you realize that there's a real freedom in that. So what I would say is just remember you have a choice in how you respond, and I mean that to anything. I mean, uh, you know, I've had some personal examples recently where I've had some stuff happen I just haven't wanted. You know, it's it's my wife passing away a few years ago, becoming a single parent uh, to a young uh -huh. daughter, stuff that nobody really should have to do. But uh -huh. yeah, you know, how you respond to that's really critical. So it taught me how important this is. You can choose literally to respond to any situation. I think the second thing is have a look at what can you control and what you can't control because a lot of people kind of mix all this up together mm -hmm. if you are in a situation i couldn't control the fact i was a single parent i i, mm -hmm. I couldn't that was a fact i had to mm -hmm. live with that start accepting what you can control and what you can't control and mm -hmm. that begins that gives you a real sense of sort of well-being and ease when you can do that because mm -hmm. what i find is three areas and we look at this in the book there's three areas which is Look at what you can control about your past. Uh, look at what you control about your present and look at what you can control about your future. And we need to attend to all three. And fundamentally, it's really important that we actually do that. That actually, what can I control about how I feel and think about a certain situation or circumstances? Uh, That's absolutely critical here. Then what you can do is you can start thinking, okay, right. I can now accept what I can't control and I can now actually do something to make it even better, right? Uh, so fundamentally, how do I choose to respond then becomes actually something that's quite simple and quite elegant that falls out of that type of thinking. Uh, so start thinking about past, what I want to choose to control, present, what I want to control, and future can really help you do it forward. Let me give you a practical example, right? I had, uh, yeah. And sorry if I rambled that. I had an image of my daughter. I'm in home working now again. I can't control the fact I'm doing home working. I can't control the fact she's at home now. She's in quarantine. You probably just saw in the back of my, my camera now walk out. She was clear around it. I couldn't control the fact she was around me now, right? <laughs> Here's what you can control is a, a real example. So on Saturday, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, as you know, I've got a new partner. We, we live together on Saturdays. I went down to the car park and I noticed my car had a big dent in, <laughs> in, in the front of it. And I looked at it and I was like, how did that happen? And my, my initial reaction was kind of, somebody's, somebody's hit, got into me. Somebody's hit me. I was, I was pissed. I was wanting to find somebody going like, punch. And then I realized, oh, that doesn't make sense. This is Norway. Everybody's pretty nice. It's actually in a car park here. It's my car park, underground car park here. No, nobody would have done that. And so I went upstairs and I spoke to my partner, Stina. I said, hey, there's a dent in the car. Any idea what's happened? She went, oh, uh, well, yesterday I actually... Uh, I drove into some snow, but it was only snow. There was a slight bump. And inside me, I felt this kind of judgment coming up. <laughs> this volcano about to come up. And I felt myself wanting to just go, what? And I'm really pleased to say I just chose just to kind of go. I, I, got, I caught myself in the moment and just took a deep breath and just went, okay. And I took a time out. I just mm. knew I had to take a time out, took mm. a time out, breathed, went out the room, came back and said, okay, uh, you know what? It might be that these things happen. Look, I, it's, mm. it's not a big deal. And I probably downplayed it a bit, to be honest. Mm. 
But the important thing is here, that was the right way to respond in that situation. Blaming somebody was not going to help anything. Uh, uh, it was certainly not going to help her feel well. It wasn't going to help uh, me feel well because I just felt guilty afterwards. So I chose actually just to put a bit of love into the equation and uh, just say, you know what? It happens. I took uh, a time out. I am so glad I did that. Oh, my God. Did it come back? Last night, we're having our check-in because, again, you know, I'm in lockdown now. We're kind of in separate places again. And she went, you know what? Thank you so much for what you did. Got that huge respect for you for doing that. And thank you. It would have been so easy to come. And I was like, you've no idea how close I was to doing that. It sounds now, like you saved your weekend, too. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the honest answer is... It's given me some freedom. It made me get creative. Rather than ruin a weekend, mm -hmm. it allowed us to actually spend the rest of the weekend in love rather than in play. Uh, so you can do this stuff, right? You yeah. can. And I'm not perfect, Matt. I'm quick to fire. You know, I sometimes get it wrong, but I'm just saying you can choose how you respond in any situation. Mm -hmm. My basis is about how do I want to respond to this? And you know me, I came back with love, with love. And that was it on this particular topic. <laughs> really impressive, Tim. In fact, as you're talking, Tim, um, what, what's what's coming to mind is um, I was with a group of leaders in South Africa during the rioting, which they were experiencing back to <laughs> back to riots again. Um, and and we did an exercise very much along the lines of what you're describing, where we got them to in this current moment, what is in their circle of control? What is in their circle of influence and what is in a circle where they just need to work on acceptance? Yeah. And, and exactly as you're describing, it kind of helped them to realize what well, to place their energy where they could actually do something. Yeah. And this is Frankel's genius is that he found out that actually when you start realizing what you can control, which is your response to a certain situation. Um, you know, how you respond to a given set of circumstances. That's where real creativity comes. And of course, we know that's where the energy comes from. Whereas if you're chasing, whoa, you're chasing why me, or how could that happen? Blame or disdain. We just know that just causes pain and energy to go, right? And just, mm -hmm. we just feel heavy and just not the sort of energy you really want to carry around with you the whole time. Understandable, but not the sort of energy yeah. you want to carry around with you. Why? Yes. why? Right? Why? <laughs> Tim, as we approach the end, if people do want to kind of explore this in a bit more depth, where can they go? Yeah, well, look, you know, I'm a big fan of Frankel. So if you haven't read the book, uh, Man's Ultimate Search for Meaning, Victor Frankel, absolute classic. If you don't like reading, you like audio books, I can recommend the audio book even more. Mm -hmm. uh, the audio book is fantastic on Audible. Uh, and I think if, you know, if, if that doesn't really, if that's not something you want to do, then what I would suggest is, find out uh, a support network. If you have a real challenge in an area that you know you've kind of got a big no to, something that's really going to, something that's driving, find a support network, either a buddy at work or if it's a kind of it's something you're facing that's a bit more long-term, find a support network, a group of like-minded people could help you get some perspective because it really, really helps. We struggle to do this on our own well, we tend to need others to pull us out. So support networks, people to strategically moan to, people to strategically kind of say, you know what, you ain't that bad, you ain't that crazy, is pretty good. Because we do need to get, get our no out. We do need to have a kind of way of going, ah, you know what, this isn't great. And then we can go to acceptance you're talking about with your group. 
because mm. we do need to do that. We can't just go straight to acceptance. That doesn't work. We need to somehow no. get our processing out. Support groups, buddies, friends, mentors, our co-coaching co- co- relationship, you and me, Matt, for example, mm. yeah. really, really helps. So that sort yeah. of stuff is great. Yeah. Tim, thank you so much for sharing so openly and so personally. And I mean, just as we as we draw it to a close, something you've said that I think for me it, uh, really resonated is you do need to get your moaning out sometimes before you can move to choosing a different attitude. And, uh, and I used to have a boss. But, uh, I worked for a commission-only sales organization. And it was all very rah-rah and you've got to be positive. Partly because it, it was so, the environment was so tough. But what, whenever anyone moaned, he used to say, "Are you part of the problem or part of the solution?" And it was, and it, and it didn't give space to allow for people to moan a little bit before then choosing their attitude. And and you've highlighted that for me, so thank you. No, that's fine, and that's such a critical point. You you haven't got a choice as somebody else's. He was making the choice for them. Yeah. So of course he was disempowering them. For us to have a choice, we need to sort of basically go, you know what, it's okay to have a moan. Of course it is. We need yeah. to, we're human for God's sake. Then we can get back to being positive. That ain't cranky positivism, right? No. We need to get it a download, right? Mm. Find a support group. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Tim, thanks so much. And thank you to you for joining us. Um, yeah. Look forward to seeing you on a podcast soon. Hopefully, well, next time, hopefully without my daughter as a distraction. But, you know, sometimes she's going to be there. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.